Alley Cats. And I mean, it sounds like you could be a Broadway show. You could be absolutely an actress, but instead you're a meditation guru, a animal whisperer, and an incredible woman that's been on ABC, CBS, written up in all these magazines, three-time author. Can I just like get down oh, on my stop. knees Thank and you. tell that you what a badass girl you nice. are? It's so funny. The very first interview I did with a reporter when my first book came out, the first uh -huh. question he said is, how did you pick your pen name? And I was like, I didn't. I married it. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. I mean, my husband's last name is Kat, so. It's not my parents didn't give me alley cats. Okay, so but. we're Houstonians. Uh, yes. Are you part of Cats Diner? No, I actually I grew up in Philadelphia, <laughs> okay. and I moved here after college to work, uh -huh. and then I married someone with Mark Cats, and have been here ever since. And you have two fabulous boys. Two boys yes. One is you said fourteen and seventeen. Fourteen and sixteen. Yeah. Okay. Good. So, oh, driving. Wow. Driving, yeah. It's you've got to meditate a lot for that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is definitely something on our horizons. And um, I love, okay, I met you through Heroes for Children. Yes. You are chaired that event this year, co-chaired it. And we love helping families who are struggling with children with cancer. I mean, there yes. is, it is such a difficult time in life. But I feel like Everyone I talk to right now is in this zone. I mean, I just look at the women in my Bible study, and all of us are in this crazy pressure cooker right now. Houston reeling from the situation that happened this weekend yes, at Astroworld. Terrible. I mean, um, the national disasters, the natural disasters, the disasters created by people and I, there's so many things happening but you help people learn to deal with the stress and I feel yes. like we're all just like googling how do we deal with stress what can we do and something that's so simple that you had us do before we started was breathing yes. just breathing can so, make a difference I know it's really funny some people are scared by the word meditation which my job as a meditation teacher is to make it feel really relatable accessible yes. use words everybody can understand but I was talking to my twin sister when I started teaching and she's like I don't want to meditate every day I just want to like breathe to not feel stressed and I was like okay Steph let's let's breathe. call it that let's breathe to not okay feel I love that I don't care what you call it as long as you do it it doesn't matter so that's the important thing is just to do it and do it consistently and um so my husband's wife uh, husband's wife that would be me <laughs> my husband's sister goes to these retreats where they meditate and they um, don't speak for a few days. So his joke was always, what did you think about? Because apparently you think, oh, when you're meditating, you're not supposed to think. And I've tried that, but sometimes you can think through the process a little bit. That's a misconception about meditation, and that's why people feel really nervous about meditation. Yes, because it's hard to clear your mind. Okay. I wish I could erase that phrase from the yes. English language. Clear your mind. Yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, right, how? You're supposed to sit down and clear your mind, but that's never gonna happen because uh -huh. as human beings, we're wired to think and you pretty much have a thought about every two seconds. 
So wow. to think that you're going to close your eyes for even five minutes, even one minute, and not have a thought isn't realistic. So, so you set yourself up for failure. Exactly. You're like, I'm failing at meditating. So, and we don't want meditation to be stressful. That <laughs> yes. defeats the whole purpose. So I work with people on understanding that that's not what meditation is. Meditation is the act of quieting your mind, not going silent, just sort of quieting it and strengthening your focus. So let's say you are using your breath like we did before we started the show. We needed to bring the energy down a little bit and so we elongated our exhales. We just took a couple nice long deep breaths. Well, the thing is, if your mind wandered during that, you know what you're supposed to be doing. So I would tell you if your mind wandered, just start over and come back to your deep breaths again. Your mind wanders, you come back. You're constantly pulling your attention back and the reason it's so important is because everything we do in meditation is about living a better life. So it doesn't just matter what you're doing in those five, 10 or 20 minutes, it matters how it affects your whole life. So if you can learn to um, focus better during meditation and practice that when your kids are talking to you, when your customers are talking to you, when your husband is talking to you, friends, you're more present, you're more focused and you yes. practice with that focus. Because a lot of times our kids are talking to us and we're like, oh, I can't forget to run that errand. And they're looking at you like, are you even listening? And you want the answer to be yes, not no. So we have to learn you know, to focus and be present. And it helps all areas of our life. It does. And just to stop enough to really look someone in the eye, it's difficult for me when um, we're going to, we get to go to events again and you're at an event and you're talking to someone and they're like looking behind you and not even looking at you. You're yeah. just like, oh, sorry to bother you that I wasn't that important for the conversation. So yeah. it's something I've tried to adopt is when I feel something that doesn't feel like connection, I pay attention to it so I can really connect. And I think yeah. that's so much of what meditating is. And I've been writing a TED talk about living authentically and you absolutely, this is such a part of your journey. So it's, it's the biggest part of the start to my journey. But I wanted to tell you when you were saying that about the feeling you get from people, everything is energy. So oh, yes. you can feel and let me tell you, if you're talking on the phone and you think they don't know that you're typing and like flipping through a magazine or doing something else, they do. People can feel that. They know when you are not focused on them. Your kids know, your partner knows, your friends know. You know when you talk to someone and you hear them distracted, yes. you feel that energy. You just, it doesn't feel right. And so it's really important to pay attention to that. I actually did something really interesting one time for 30 days, you would love this. Okay, I kept an intuition journal, and I write about this actually Ooh, in I gotta my write that book. down, okay. okay. So what I did was, every single time I had a gut feeling, you know those feelings that you yes. listen to, yes. or sometimes you ignore them? Yes. Every time I had a gut feeling, I wrote it down, and then I wrote down what happened to it, what, excuse me, what happened if I listened to it, and what happened if I didn't. And every single time I didn't listen, I was wrong, I mean, from little things like my kids were playing, so they were little at this point and they were playing soccer in the uh -huh. hallway. And I was like, I should really tell them not to play soccer in the hallway. And I was like, oh, I'll just do it in a minute. They, they kicked the ball into my table and broke my favorite table. It's like, oh. why didn't I listen to that voice? So I paid attention for 30 days and I had like a list of everything that I didn't listen to. And I'm like, I'm never ignoring that voice again. And it's changed my life. It's so good. I mean, I've heard, um I think this was uh, a Dateline um, that I watched. They said, 
most people before they're even attacked get a feeling or like if you're in an elevator and you feel uncomfortable when someone walks in you should leave there there's we're we're almost told to question our intuition as opposed to telling Don't. us to follow and that's something i've really bella um i share this often but she's been on such a journey of trying to come into her own and know who she is and figure out her purpose. And she's questioned a lot of things. And in the beginning, whenever she would say, I'm not sure that that person likes me. Sometimes teenagers, I feel like, always feel like the other person doesn't like them. So I was immediately going, well, I'm not sure you're reading it right. Or I'm not sure that, and now I've kind of changed that. And I've said, you should really listen to what you think and make sure you're not projecting on them, but feel it and absorb it and know that maybe you should listen to it. And I think it's even better to write it down so then you can see the result. Well, a good thing to tell her is your brain can get really confused, but your body doesn't lie. Ooh. So if you have a feeling about something, pay uh -huh. attention because you can think in your head and overthink and analyze and, you know, uh -huh get all in your head, but your body, your heart, your gut, I mean, the gut brain is called, your gut's called the gut brain for a reason. It doesn't lie. So if you get a weird feeling, you should listen to it. Absolutely. And one of the things, so you say from political climates to natural disasters to managing the stress of just everyday life, women have to deal with more than ever. Life feels overwhelming and exhausting much of the time. And I feel like, um, so much of us are in that place. So you chose to make this your career. Mm -hmm. It says here, I read that it was a calling to connect with others and help them understand the many benefits of meditation and mindfulness. So I do believe with that. We have callings, like when you really hear it so loudly. Yes. And I love that you were able to take this calling and like formulate it into a book. Tell us about like, how did you know that? Like, okay, well, how did that even start? I call it following the universal breadcrumbs. I feel like the Ooh, universe, another like, good one, girl, throws, like little breadcrumbs, uh -huh. and I always follow them. <laughs> I sometimes have no idea where they're leading, but it's funny. I never thought of myself as a writer, uh -huh. and when I started um, teaching meditation, I just had this urge. On the, it was a weekend, and I. It was just like inspired. I had this urge to write an article called Everyday Spiritual. And it was like the five practices I do every day. Um, this was like 10 years ago, so some of them probably changed by now. But the five practices I do every day to just feel spiritual and really connected every day. Uh -huh. And I have no idea where the inspiration came, just I guess from the universe. I felt inspired to sit down, write this article. I wrote it in like 20 minutes. I didn't edit it. I had no idea why I was writing it. And I was like, oh, I'm going to send it to Mind Body Green. And then two days later, I got an email like, your article has been published. And it just like, you know, really did amazingly well and got great feedback. And then I was like, I'm writing a book. I think people want this stuff. And I started writing my first book wow. and just took it from there. And then my first book is called Hot Mess to Mindful Mom, and it's 40 Tools for Self-Care. You have okay, my third so one I, out. One minute to zen. Yes. We could do it in a minute. Yeah, it's all about dealing with stress in the moment. 
And I really think that you need a two-prong approach when it comes to stress. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we take a vitamin every day or some people take vitamins every day or mm -hmm. we eat healthy every day to get our mm -hmm. vitamins. And that keeps us healthy and on an even keel, our body's healthy and, you know, and doing well what it's supposed to all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what a daily meditation practice is like when you mm. meditate for five, 10, 20 minutes every day. You mm -hmm. know, you have your routine and you have your daily meditation. But then, even if you ate your vitamin and your healthy salad and everything, if you got a headache, you would want to do something in the moment. You'd want to take a Tylenol, drink a glass of water, lay down. So. I feel like one minute meditations are the Tylenol throughout the day. When you feel stressed and overwhelmed, oh, you need something to do really quick. So you need like the baseline and then you need what you can do really quickly to come back to center and regroup. And that's what um, One Minute to Zen is all about. And that's a misconception I actually had when I started meditating. And I think a lot of people feel this way, so I try to be really honest talking about it. I had this idea that if I, you know, when I really got into meditation and I was meditating every day, I would just like be really zen and never feel stressed. And that is so not the case. And I think people don't understand that you are human and you're gonna have human emotions always and stress is never gonna stop coming, but you have to get better at dealing with it. So now something that mm -hmm. would put me into a tailspin doesn't or something that would have me huffing and puffing for two hours, I can get out of it in with a one minute meditation or it's just, it's about how quickly you recover and come back to center and how thoughtfully you move forward, how you're able to see the lessons, have compassion for yourself and others, less judgment. So it's all of those things. It's not that you're never gonna feel stressed or angry, upset again. It's just what you do with it becomes a lot different. And I have found, I grew up Catholic, so I even was kind of told the prayers you were supposed to pray. Well, prayer but it was, is a great meditation. But it is, and then I realized that prayer was meditation, mm -hmm. and it's a way to calm yourself. And when I would go through a meditation practice with someone who wasn't actually using the word God, but that was who my higher power was, I could turn to him. So I... At first, I was like, ooh, I'm not sure this is for me. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is exactly the same thing. We just have different ways of doing it. And so many different religions, ours is the rosary, but there's different. Well, there's mala beads. The, yes. Look exactly like the rosary. They just don't have a cross on them. I mean, listen, the basis of every religion out there is being a good person and love and compassion. Yes. So no matter, but meditation is not religious. I mean, no. it can be if you if use you want prayer it, or you yeah. you know, you make it religious, but everyone can meditate. It doesn't have to be anything religious about it. You're you're calming your body. If you can breathe, you can meditate. It doesn't have to be more complicated than that. And I love too when you talk about compassion because I feel like such a part of calming is having compassion for yourself. Mm -hmm. as much as we have compassion for others. Absolutely. And that's such a hard thing, specifically for these young kids that are trying to figure out who they are. And and I think some people think that if you're Zen, like you said, if you're spiritual, if you're really walking the walk, you're not gonna feel things. That's and not true. it's so not true. And 
it, it's really how you, I love this word, how you recover from stress quickly with ease in order to live a more mindful and joyful life. That's it's it. not saying you're not gonna have pain, you're not gonna go through trials. It's teaching you how to go through it. And something else I read that I loved is patience is the way you behave while you're waiting. Yeah. <laughs> that's a really really good one it's you know, so hard it's funny this is something you know that's perfect to talk to your daughter about you said she's have you know finding her way in a lot of areas and for example I had this conversation with my son um, just yesterday he you know felt like he could have done something differently in a situation and I said you know what sweetie nothing is a waste what did you learn from it right what would you what's do? the takeaway what would you do differently next time how would you approach it I said it's not a waste it's not bad if you learn from it you're 16 now's the time learn you know but as long as you acknowledge and are aware of what the lesson is mm -hmm. then you can move forward and change and do better next time you know you that is the key basically to any change in life is awareness and that's the first key and then you take it from there. Yes, so you wrote three different books. How? What was kind of the timing of all that and did you travel around giving um, talks? Do you ship most of them out? Like how do you? I mean kind of everything. Uh -huh. So they came out pretty quickly like three books in three years I feel oh, like or maybe wow. it was four years I have to like calculate the dates but pretty quickly and uh -huh. it was funny because people ask me now and they're like when's your next book coming out I'm like I'm done I compare it to having my kids when I had yes. my second kid I was like I feel complete I feel done and then my third book came out I'm like I'm done I feel complete three book babies I feel good. <laughs> exactly. I, um, and so, yes, I did speaking. I traveled. Um, I mean, they're on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. And uh -huh. my publisher kind of, like, took care of all that part. I just sort of, like, show up. And now I do um, – I mean, I work with people all across the country for meditation. And we'll, well, I know we're going to talk about animal communication all around the world for animal communication. Um, but I do so much on Zoom now. I mean, that's – even, like, companies, I do corporate work as well. And – they just have me do it on Zoom. You don't have to travel anymore. I'm in like a silk so, shirt and sweatpants and, you know, so give them good. a great presentation. Everyone's so stressed right now. So COVID actually really kicked up my corporate business oh, I because bet. people really need stress relief. So, Okay, so walk us through some of the steps. You talked about the breathing. Are there some other things that you talked about? Um, the meditation. You mean in terms of how to meditate or like just other things you can do to calm yourself down? Why don't you tell us both? First, tell us about other things that you could do to calm yourself down. Do you think exercise, is that a time for meditation? Because I've kind of found I like walking the dog and listening to my podcast. Okay, so that is a great way to de-stress. There's a lot of things you can do. Um, walking can be a moving meditation. Not necessarily so much with your podcast, but if you were, you know, noticing the, the okay. breeze on your skin oh. and the smell of the grass and hearing the birds and looking around, that can sort of, you know, immersing yourself in nature can be sort of a moving meditation. But I call it having a trigger plan. What is your plan when you feel triggered? Because mm -hmm. when you're stressed and triggered, you can't think in the moment, how am I going to calm down? You sort of have to have a plan. So oh. I tell people, pick three things you can do when you're at home that you enjoy and that help you and pick three things you can do when you're out okay. because those might be different. You might, you know, 
take a hot bath or walk outside for five minutes with a cup of tea um, you know, at home, but you obviously can't do that in your car or in a store. So the one minute meditations, I mean, your breath is with you everywhere. So I think that hands down should be on everyone's trigger plan, whether you're at home or out, because you can always breathe with your eyes open, with your eyes closed. No one has to know you're doing it. So, you know, but people like to journal, people like to exercise, getting enough sleep is really important. You know, reading a book, connecting with a friend. There's so many things. It's very personal. I love snuggling with my dogs if I'm ever stressed. Um, you know, talking to my husband. It's But I usually turn to one-minute meditations or some prayer first yes. and foremost. Okay, so we keep touching on dogs. Oh, my goodness. Look at Grape Jelly Hi, over baby. there loving on him. Adam, so big shout-out to you behind the scenes there. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so you... This is also fascinating because I feel like our dogs connect and communicate and yeah. she's in our office space too and she actually calms people down. When we're stressed, I notice sometimes people will walk over and just pet her yeah. and it kind of calms all of us down. Mm -hmm. So how did that, was this first or second or third or no. just, when did all it's, the animal communication okay. become a part of the journey? So like I said, I'm always following the breadcrumbs and uh -huh. I believe that the animal communication part of my business is possible because of my meditation uh -huh. business and part of my practice. So. Basically, I was, I've been teaching meditation for a long time and working mm -hmm. with people on meditation and mindfulness. And I started, I just knew there was, part of my path was going to be some sort of mediumship and connecting. So I started doing readings with people um, with, you know, loved ones in spirit, angels, guides, things like that. And I oh, love that. Wow. I love doing that. Uh -huh. But then I had one of these, like, I guess... This wasn't a breadcrumb. This was like a loaf of bread. <laughs> so <laughs> this I, you could not no. pass. <laughs> I got an email in my inbox. I have no idea where it came from. I never heard of this person. I never followed this uh -huh. person. And it was an, about an animal communication class. Uh -huh. And it was one of those free will moments where you're like, I don't, whatever. I don't know who this person is. Delete. Or in my case, I was like, I love connecting. I love animals. That sounds so cool. I would love to learn how to do that. And so I went to the class and the very first animal was a dog that I connected with. I was like, I am supposed to do this. The universe like put me here for a reason. So then I mentored with someone in California and worked and did practices and tons and tons of practice until I was ready to really like kind of graduate and go out on my own. And it's just been a whirlwind because wow. I guess when something's right, it's just right. And I mean, I went from just hanging my shingle to, you know, having tons of clients booked and, you know, repeats and word of mouth and referrals and just, I love it so, so much. Oh so. my gosh. And I love both. I love everything that I do. I like right. variety. Okay. So, so I like, you know, one day I might teach meditation and then the next day I do an animal reading and then I have a corporate, th like I like doing all of it. So. Have you heard the term icky guy before? No. So this is part of my TED talk. I found out it's a term that actually when you find what you love to do and what you're really good at doing and you're able to make the world a better place and get paid for doing it, you reach a state of flow so you can do it at all times. And you lose all sense of time and everything and it just all 
goes through. And it just seems like all these things yeah. are your ikigai. Like you, because you do, you don't separate work from connection from, like everything is connected in some way with something else. Yeah, I mean, if I didn't have my meditation practice, I wouldn't be able to get quiet enough to do the readings that I do. I mean, exactly. it, it would have been so much harder and it just, really flowed for me because I was able to, you know, get so quiet that I can hear and see and feel everything that I need to, to do the readings. It just kind of one thing led to another for me. I know everyone's journey is different. Everyone's process is different. Everyone's process is right. There's a lot of different ways to teach meditation. They're all good and they're all right. There's different styles of practicing animal communication. They're all right and they're all good. I just am very true to what is right for me. And mm -hmm. so when people say, well, this person might do it another way, I'm like, that's awesome. But that's not how I do it, and that's okay. So like I said, everything is energy. You find the teacher that you feel like you connect with. You find the communicator that you feel that you connect with. There's something different for everyone, and that's why there's lots of people that do what I do. You find the person that feels right to you. So I just, I believe that everyone finds who they're supposed to find. So this takes me to um, what I'm really sensing about you, and I believe this is a huge part of connection, is when you feel like somebody sees you and hears you exactly where you are without judgment. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a difficult thing in families. I talk to so many people that struggle with that. Um, but it really is part of finding your inner peace too, that you could look at someone else and say, you're different from me and I discern that what you're doing isn't what I would do, but I can look at you and still not judge you and think I'm better than you. Everyone is on their own journey. I kind of, I explain it to people like this. Imagine there's the world, there's a, like a highway with like a however many people there are, seven billion lanes, okay? Uh -huh. Everyone has a lane. You're in your lane, learning your lessons, growing, evolving, making mistakes, connecting, doing everything you need to do in your lane. You don't know what's going on in other people's lanes. You no. make a judgment, you may think you do, you may guess, but you don't know exactly what's happening because they're having their journey simultaneously and we don't know what lessons they're working on we don't know what they're being guided to do so you have to focus on you and your lane and allow people to be in theirs without judging them because we don't know what's going on in their lane and when you look at it so like that it's, it just creates true. a lot more compassion we don't know what other people are truly thinking feeling and going through and we have to give people that space to to do what they need to do sometimes, you know, except we need to know what's going on in our kids' lanes. We get, we get like power to kind of go in that lane sometimes. <laughs> no, I think so. I've had a lot of situations where I've had a few friends that say, oh, let the kids work it out. And I'm like, ooh, the way the kids are working it out isn't safe. It isn't, um, I'm a huge person that fights um, sex trafficking. If we let them go too far into having um, experiences that aren't safe or healthy for them with drugs or sexuality or people we don't know and trust then there is a reason for parents to get involved yeah so it's such a it's a it's a hard it's a balance it's it's a hard thing and that's kind of what my so much of my meditation has been because I feel like I go on the roller coaster with my daughter so much and I'm trying to 
be able to guide her without also going up and down and find that discernment in all of it? Well, I think too, as parents, modeling is so important. So people say like, how can I get my kids to meditate? I'm like, well, do you meditate? Yes. So kids pay so much more attention to what you do than, than what, what you say. say. Amen so, to that. I mean, yes. take deep breath. Like since my kids were little, they were four and six when I started meditating. And they would, you know, see me taking deep breaths all the time and see me, you know, doing a one minute meditation or see me, you know, I had this, this thing in the morning that, you know, when my kids were little, I said, I, mommy meditates every morning so that I can be the best mom I can be. And I need that time to be quiet. If you want to be with me, you can. You can sit next to me. You can put your head on my lap. You can read a book. You can just close your eyes. You can quietly play with a toy. You can't talk to me unless it's an emergency. And we went through what like a real emergency wow. is. But you can be with me. I never shut them out of my practice. But, um, you know, they have to learn to respect those boundaries too because I want them to be able to say what they need and yes. tell a partner one day in their life, I need a couple quiet minutes. So modeling is everything. And then I remember I was quizzing my son, I think he was about 10 at the time, and I was looking at his like you know paper for school mm -hmm. and at the bottom it said on it, you can do anything, in parentheses, repeat three times. <laughs> I'm like, they do listen to me. with yes. your kids it's just let them see you doing it yes. talk about it normalize it don't shove it down their throats don't right. force anything I don't make my kids sit down to meditate but when they say they're stressed we talk about what tools they can use in that yes. moment and then they have them and I let it really I let them kind of drive it they know their mom's a meditation teacher they right. can have me for anything they need anytime um, you know, and like the other day, my son was feeling overwhelmed. He had three mm -hmm. tests in one day. Ugh. He emailed me from school. I'm feeling really stressed. I'm like, okay, here's a one minute meditation. Gave him a breathing exercise to do. Wrote me a minute later. I feel better. You know, they know. Aww. They can, you can tell how much I love this because I get so excited when I talk about it. There's so much I want to say. It's just, I think, the best thing in the world. Okay, so, so somebody is a mom. So, me, I want you to help our family. What ways? Could we connect with you? Do you do Zooms around the country? I do Zooms Do you meet the in person with some I people? I used to meet in person, but uh -huh. pre-COVID, I did. I had a beautiful, I called it my Zen Den teaching space Aww. in my house. It was so gorgeous. And then my husband still has not been back to work since, oh, since yeah. March 13th, 2020. Wow. And after him, 10 months working in our mudroom with like shoes and backpacks, we uh -huh. made that a real office. Aww. So I don't have a teaching space at anymore. So now I do everything on Zoom. Uh -huh. um, or in Houston, I could go to someone's house. But basically, I work with adults and teens separately because oh. teaching adults and kids can be different. Yes. And so I kind of like to separate that. And we can, I've done family sessions before, but I think it's much more productive to separate right. parents and teens. I don't work with kids younger than teens. Meditation teachers do, but it's just not my sure. niche. So I start with, you know, I say like 10 and up mm -hmm. and kids have to come to me voluntarily. I Ooh. won't take any kids that whose parents are making them come. It's so good. a nightmare. That's so, for them, just, for me. For you, you're like, I'm I like, can't help with this. You know, when I was starting my business, I took everything. I, sure. You know, building a business, you want to say yes to everyone. Yes. 
I was like, okay, it's time for some boundaries. <laughs> and I can't be everything uh -huh. to everyone, right. so that's okay. Um, so I work with kids probably like 10, 12 and uh -huh. up, and then I work with tons of adults. So I usually, um, I won't see someone one time. Um, it just doesn't set them up for success. No. If someone wants to work with me, uh -huh. they have to see me a minimum of three times. Got it. So that they have time to really um, process. process, work through, ask questions, dive deeper. And that's just another boundary that I set because I want, I don't want people to meditate one time and give it up and say meditation doesn't work. It only works if you do it. So you have to, you know, put a lot, you know, more time and, and energy. And so if I see people a few times, they're more motivated to stick with it. Okay, let's talk about yeah. dogs. Okay. You ready? I want help with Grace Kelly. This one acts like she is, oh, are you going to show her, Adam? Yes. She sleeps like this all day, and when we go home, she's a crazy dog. Oh, so are baby. what are the and the, she talks to us a lot. She uses her snorting. Okay. So she barks at you when she wants treats. Like she yeah. gets home and she wants treats nonstop. So what do you? What are some of the things? Are dogs telling you that well, your parenting is off? Because <laughs> I'm not giving her fair boundaries, and I'm like, quit barking at me. Here's a treat. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. Without talking to her in a session, I can't You can't her assess. To guess because I don't want to, like, you know, just go off previous things that might not relate to her. But they, one thing to know about your pets is they feel everything. They know everything that's going on. I mean, you could kind of think about has she seemed a little different since your daughter's been having her health issues? That's something that, you know, would not surprise me at all. Um, Dogs, not only dogs, I work with a lot of dogs, but I've wor I work with any animal. I've worked with cats, dogs, guinea pigs, a gecko, birds, like oh, whatever. Wow. Horses. Um, but I, mo I work mostly with dogs, and they have told me things in readings that you wouldn't believe, like miscarriages that people have, learning disabilities that the kids have, oh. anxiety, depression, eating disorders. They know everything that's going on. Aww. So they're really, really in tune. And, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're always talking to us. And what I tell people is, I'm always here for you. I, like, reading animals is my happy place, and I love okay, doing so it. Okay, so is that the most fun of your roles? I mean, it's, the animals are just pure joy. Right. But I also teach people how to communicate with their own animals better. So there's a one-hour class that I do. Oh, so fun. To empower people yes. to, you know, start learning how to communicate with their own animals as well. So that is another thing that people can do with me too. And do you have group classes where you sign up or is it all individual? Both. I do okay. about once a quarter often a group, uh -huh. offer a group class and getting on my newsletter is the best way to hear about that. Mm -hmm. But if somebody didn't want to wait and they wanted to do it by themselves, I could totally do that too. I'm like pretty flexible. I so. love it. So exciting. Yeah. So authenticity, we've talked about that. Do you feel like when you meet someone, you get an, is it part of you understanding people? Do you feel like you read energy better? Is it also go into what you can sense from your ability to really go into almost another realm too? Um, it's kind of all of that. Now, uh -huh. the way I am is when I am gonna connect with animals or loved ones in spirit or guides or angels, I'm really 
focusing and dedicating that time. I don't walk around with having spirits talk to me all day. Like I, okay. I don't. That's some people do, but I don't. And you know, I what? think that would be I so emotional live my to life have and spirits every yeah, day. It's, it's a lot. It would be too much. So I can't function as a mom, a wife, a business owner. Like I, when it's time for me to connect, I sit down, I open up. I'm open for business. Come, right? You know. And then when I'm done, thank you. And I'm yeah. closed until the next time. Yeah. So, um, so, but I do feel like, I mean, I'm very, very sensitive to energy. So I get a lot of just those gut feelings that we yes. talked about. And it was a process. I mean, this has really been a journey and a transformation for me. You know, the whole first part of my life, I didn't live authentically. I didn't listen to my gut instincts. Uh. I was a follower as a teenager. I... You know, this was really a lifetime journey to get to this place. I had so many and still do have lessons to learn. So many of them were never done learning and growing. But I finally feel like in the past 10 years, I've gotten to be so much more my authentic self. And now I feel like I truly am. But I had to go on a journey to learn about who that who I really am and who I was and and where I needed to change and where I needed to grow and put a lot of time and energy and work mm -hmm. and dedication into that. You know, change doesn't just happen. Mm -hmm. You have to work at it. And it's, my journey is is never ending. So who even knows what I'll be doing in 10 more years? I mean, it probably will be this and there might be something else thrown in the mix. And I think it's exciting to find out. I think we're the best surprise there is. Who are we turning into? Who are we evolving into? So I try to just never stay stuck. I love that. And I think it's so true. I didn't, I became the vintage Contessa 10 years ago. I envisioned what I, the person I wanted to be, and I started living that life. And I think so many people don't realize that you can become who you want to be. And you are, there's so much inside of you that you're not using and everything we need, we have yeah we do we just have to tap into it you know and it's really and it's work it it's is, not easy and it's, it's constant every day and giving yourself the time to do that yeah it's day. reflection you know just and it doesn't have to be turning your whole life upside down set your alarm 10 or 15 minutes earlier in the morning and give yourself a couple minutes mm -hmm. to connect to quiet to journal to say a prayer whatever feels good to you but do it and do it consistently. Results come from being consistent. If you want to lose weight and you eat one salad, that's not going to do anything. But if you eat a salad every day instead of a cheeseburger, you're going to get healthier. Right. If you want to change and yes. grow and evolve, you have to work on it every day. You, just, you can't do it once or twice and think life's going to be different. So it's really having that expectation of you're worth it mm -hmm. and understanding that it takes consistency. Wow. So, so um, do you have any parting words or stories to share with us? Because you have so many great stories. We didn't even have time to venture uh, into I them. I know. There's so many. Um, you want me to tell one animal story? Yes, okay. I do. All right. This is one of my favorites. Okay. So this is when I was still practicing. Uh -huh. And I, it was the, one of the, maybe it wasn't the first horse, but it was one of the first few horses that I ever uh -huh. read. And when I was living, living, okay. this one was, I do work with animals alive and in spirit, but okay. this horse was alive. Um, so when I was doing my training, 
half the questions that people gave me had to be called verifiable. So they knew the answer and they were basically quizzing me. It was, it was a to test to see if it was to legit. See if I, it was legit. Was I getting the right answer? Was I really connecting with their animal? So half the questions had to be something like that. So one woman asked me about her horse. What is hanging in the stall next to the door? And I'm like, okay, I connect with the horse and I get all the information. I don't know really anything about horses, which, and I'm not like a vet. I'm not like an animal trainer. I just communicate you don't even with them know what and get the answers. But that's a benefit, I think, because I have no filter. I'm not judged. Like, I just only, I say what I get from the animals and that's it. I don't know what horses have in their stall. I've like never been in one. And you wouldn't even know what to call it. No, I didn't even, in that reading, she was like teaching me the right words. Okay, I didn't even know. And so, so I, so I said, there is a picture of you and your horse in the stall next to the door. I don't know, do people do that? I was like, that's what I'm seeing, a picture of you guys. And she's like, starts going, oh my gosh. I'm like, what? She goes, well, what I was thinking was the salt lick, which is apparently horses <laughs> like lick salt and there's one hanging. But next to the salt lick was a picture that a little girl that hung around the barn drew of the horse and the horse's mom and she framed it and put it in the in the stall. And so that's not what she was thinking about, but that was what was important to her animal. And Aww. I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Oh my so God. that's just one simple story, but it's just so cool. I love it. That's so sweet. Well, I believe in Rainbow Bridge, so I do believe they yes. go somewhere else. I talk to a lot of animals in spirit. Yes, I yeah. bet you do, because it's such an emotional part of the family. It is so emotional, and people just want to check on their animals and make sure they're okay, and those are very emotional readings. We talk about a lot of favorite memories and Aww. stories and things like that. So, so do you have animals? I have two dogs. Okay, yes. super cool. They are just my besties <laughs> okay so. well i absolutely want to work with you i want to learn some meditation practices awesome. myself and i want to work with you with grace kelly and we'll see mm -hmm. if bella wants to work with you because we're going to leave that up to her that is totally and then we'll her. be posting those on instagram because i i feel like um we all can learn from each other and then just by these experiences it strengthens our journey and and we can just learn from every other person that we're around and your energy is so strong and so positive. Thank you. It, it really, um, and I, um, I was working on my TED talk this week with my speech consultant and I was saying, God, I had to pull myself together this week. Like I really had to self-talk myself to get through some stuff. And she's like, why, what was going on? And I said, I think just Bella's health journey affects me and I feel so weighted down by it and I said so I listened to these podcasts and that's when it was talking about accepting the part of your journey that might last longer than you think it should and coming to a place of peace with that so it really resonated when I when I keep reading about what you're saying is it's getting to a place that we can get the stress level down more quickly and, and we're not going to eliminate it no we're not going to have because you accept whatever religion in your life doesn't mean things are perfect when you're with the right spouse it doesn't mean you're not perfect when you get in the right school i mean nothing's going to make it perfect no and it's not about perfection it's about progress 
It's just about being a little tiny percent better than you were yesterday. That's in my prayers every morning to my guides and angels. Help me be just 1% better than I was yesterday. You know, just help me do, do a little more. Pause quicker, you know, you know, just choose my words more carefully. Just, it's, we're never gonna be perfect. That's not what we're here for. I heard yes. this great story where someone was asking his teacher, um, he made a mistake and it, I, won't, it's, I won't get into it, but I wanna tell you like the end. And the teacher said to him, you know, we're not here to be angels. God has enough angels. We're here to learn. Wow. We're not meant to be perfect. So it's just about making progress and doing better. And that's it. It is. Well, I so, love that. Yeah. Hugs Thank and kisses. You. Thank you so much, Thank sweet you. friend. And boy, we are going to be living the authentic life. <laughs> How do they find you on Instagram? What's your website? Alleycats underscore. And then it's alleycats.com. All right. Great. Thanks so Thank much. You.